Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, good evening, and welcome. It's me. Kerry Levy. I'm back in the studio with the microphone. I've bound and gagged all the rest of the team. Andy seems to be struggling out of the gaffer tape that I put round his head. So I better introduce him first and it's, say hello, Andy. Hello. It's just the two of us tonight. It is. It's I tell a you, double-headed slugfest. It's, it's ridiculous. You know, this is the Marie Celeste of podcasting. Unfortunately, Rick, who was going to join us, had a family thing, didn't he, at the last minute, so yeah, it's just the two of us. Yeah, left his keys at home. Yeah, something, something some, some excuse. Okay. But uh, we'll let him off. And well. um, But this is kind of what we do every Monday morning anyway, isn't it? I know, we, we just <laughs> ramble on about the, the team, and, and you know, just in case you're wondering where everyone else is, uh, well, I think they all think, because normally you win the title in the last game of the season, everyone's gone on holiday. Phil's gone to get a jumper in Aaron. Yeah, Phil's um, on, a, on a Scottish island, isn't he? He is on a Scottish island. It's the uh, best place for him, I think, at yeah. the moment. He can celebrate up there, but no, he's, he's gone up there. Jeff's gone to Ibiza. He's raving. Is he? I yeah. Didn't, I didn't know yeah, that. <laughs> he is. So, you know, and, and we've still got three games left of this season. It's, oh, no. it's complete nonsense. Shocking. What is everyone doing? Absolutely. We're not on the beach yet, are we, Carl? Well, mentally, we were on the beach... Um, at that magnificent moment with that beautifully decisive and well-struck penalty. <laughs> which we'll come on to, I'm sure. We watched the game together, didn't we, which is unusual. Yeah, it was really weird. It was weird, yeah, because you know, there was nowhere to put my butler. No. Uh, he had to stand out in the, uh, in the concourse. Nowhere to put my hamper. No, exactly. It was uh, it was shocking standing amongst the um, you know the discerning fans in the Matthew Harding lower. Ah, the uh, sense of sense of sarcasm there. I not, believe not at all. No, it was good fun. And uh, I normally sit in the West End low, as you know. But uh, comfy. Do you have comfy seats in the lower? No. Or is that still cheap? No, but we sit on our seats. You sit on your. We seats. We don't stand up for the. Yeah, for some like reason, we're not allowed to sit. What on is our this seats? So- safe standing campaign when everybody stands up anyway? What's that about? Well, I, I, it's, it's really funny because actually, um, uh, one of the guys who'll be listening, Nick, who sits in front of us. Um, you know, they, they had this campaign a while ago where they said, we'll throw you out if you stand up. 
he actually got an email telling him to sit down. And he was absolutely bemused, you know. He was one out of however many six, 7,000 people that stand who got an email, and that was a couple of years ago. But I, I don't, don't really get, A, if they really want people to sit down, why don't they actually do something about it? And B, yes, this safe standing campaign, well, we are standing safe. Yeah. I, I, Every away game you bit. stand, you stand in the Matthew Harding lower, um, it, it doesn't seem to be an issue. Nobody seems to object to it. I think the problem is when people get up and they get down and they get up and they get down, and, that, and that's the annoying thing, is if you can stand for the whole game, that's fine. I have to say, I went to Arsenal away. They've got lovely, lovely comfy seats. And I was thinking, oh, it would be nice to sit in those comfy seats. But, you know, 64 quid, and you don't even get to sit in the comfy seat. But there you go. I don't mind standing. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. But where we sit in the West, in the, in the West Hand Lower, we, we don't stand. Yeah, we, we sit and we contemplate and we watch the game with a discerning eye. Yeah, and think about where you're going to buy your buffalo mozzarella. <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about the team from uh, from uh, Saturday? Yes, uh, Sunday, yes. Sunday, three, this, Sunday, Sunday, one thirty. Sunday one thirty was yeah. the moment, and I'm sure that you're going to have a whole. Oh my God, how many pieces of paper you got there? Five. Five pieces. Is that just all stats? Pretty much. Stats and crap. <laughs> two, cha- get- two changes from the team that beat Leicester in midweek. Courtois came in for check. An interesting Quadrado was a, was a late replacement, wasn't he, for Ramirez, who had a, uh, was, was taken to hospital with a kidney infection. Yeah. I thought what was really interesting about that is that Mourinho apparently uh, went into the dressing room, celebrated with the team, and then immediately went to hospital afterwards to see Ramirez. Which I thought it was a real mark of the man and a real insight into why he's such a good manager. Uh, Ramirez has subsequently posted pictures on Instagram of him, you know, sort of with the with the champion sort of scarf, and says he'll be out for a couple of weeks. But uh, I thought Cordrado did okay. You know, he's he's one of those players. I mean, it's obviously a world away from where he's been as a footballer. Um, he shows he shows a, a lot of aptitude. He's obviously willing to run. He he looks a bit nervy to me. He doesn't look as though he's trying to take somebody on on the outside. He's doing what so many players do when they first come to Chelsea, which is cut on the inside, pass it inside, and sort of get away from the magic moment, as it were. So I think he's one of those players. He hasn't set the world alight, but he looks like he's probably a good footballer. I think when we see him next season, he'll look bulkier. I'm sure they'll fill him out a bit more. Although he's not he's not slight, I wouldn't say. No, he's tall, but... he's built, he's like he, and he, he physically I think he looks like a premiership player. But I know what you mean, you know, strengthen him up a bit. I think one thing he stopped doing is what he was doing is he was stopping and then having a look round and then trying to do a step over. He seems to be sort of just continuing his run now. And he got taken out a couple of times. He had one decent shot, didn't he, from 25 yards out. Yeah. Um, and he looks like he's up for it. He looks like he doesn't. he's not going to shirk the battle for it. So I, I, I'm confident that he'll come through. I think with a decent pre-season, with some, you know, with, with an arm around the shoulder from Mourinho, I think it'll all be fine. Yeah, I do. I think, you know, he's one to watch. He's been blooded, as it were. So they've got that out of the way. They'll, yeah. He'll know what he's got to do. I, Interestingly, um, you know, going on to, you know, what happens in pre-season, it was interesting when Mourinho came out and said before the game that if we won, you wouldn't see Costa for the rest of the year and he's got his summer all planned out for him. Yeah, absolutely. I think think Mourinho will have everyone's holiday periods worked out. It wouldn't surprise me if he has a chart saying exactly what goes on. Well, like like they do at Waitrose for the staff kind of thing with little stickers on it that's where you shop isn't it <laughs> of course in my, I'm Vol- in my Volvo <laughs> in fact I, I have to say it's very good because coming down on the train today I came from Peterborough and they've got a Waitrose right by the station have they excellent yes. did you get your soy latte there uh, well I'm, I, I 
can't remember now. It's so long ago. It's so what interesting about Quadrado, having said that he did okay and we thought he got hooked at half time, didn't he? We did say at half time, we've got a goal up. Hazard obviously scored scored his um rebounded penalty. What a shocking penalty, by the way. I mean we did say please don't just tap it down the middle because everybody must have worked that out by now. And of course, uh uh, Federici had is it Federici the goalkeeper? No. What's his name? Speroni. Speroni. Uh, the goalkeeper had uh, had figured it out. Just stood there basically, let it hit him. And then I thought Hazard did very well to adjust his body and, and score that the header. But it was a close call, wasn't it? It, it was rubbish. You know, it, it has been crying out all season for somebody to go. You know what? I'm not really going to go too far away from where I'm standing because. It probably will end up here. So that'll be interesting to see whether he changes now. Well, he'll have to. Well, you would think so. You would think so. But footballers are strange creatures. Well, it had to be said that, you know, obviously our previous penalty taker... hit as well. ...wasn't great. But, but, you know, and the thing is, if it had just rolled down the middle, we would have said, coolest guy on earth. And actually, our previous penalty taker, Frank Lampard, of course, always did the kind of down to the right of the goalkeeper thing, hit with power... Um, he just happened to, you know, to, to get away with it. Uh, but people had worked that out for a while. Occasionally he hit it down the middle. Um, but he got hooked at half-time, Quadrado, after, after the goal. And we did say at half-time, then we'd just be funny, wouldn't he, if he brought Zuma or Mikel on? And of course he did. And normally he would do it after, with 20 minutes to go. But, I mean, that was a real statement of intent, wasn't it, really, to shore yeah, up the midfield? It, it was actually quite an odd thing. And actually, I mean, what I thought was interesting about Mikel was... I thought he had a very good game going forward. I mean, several times... He had a decent opportunity. He had a shot, didn't he? Yeah, he, he did. He just scuffed it. I think he got very excited. But, you know, I, I do think Mikel comes in for a lot of stick, and it's unnecessary. He, he was bought as an attacking midfielder, and he's been pigeonholed into this defensive midfielder, and he does a very good job for us. I mean, he is the perfect substitute for Mourinho. Absolutely. Because he just wants him to go in and do a job. But you saw against Palace that... He's got very quick feet. He's got the ability to go forward and make runs. Well, the Nigeria coach always said that Chelsea had ruined him, hadn't they? Because yeah. he was an attacking midfielder before yeah. he came. We turned him into a defensive midfielder. Going back to Eden Hazard, that's the first penalty that he's missed in the Premier League. That's, uh, he scored nine from ten. And you don't count scoring a penalty when it's a rebound, do you? No. I think you should. I think it's all part of the same move. No. I think you should count that. No. I'm counting it. No, it's a missed penalty. But technically... He's missed one out of his 10 penalties in the Premier League. 19 goals so far this season, 14 in the Premier League. You know, we did say, I think, last season, the one thing that was missing from his game was goals. And I think that he's really picked that up, that side of his game this season. I still think there's more goals in him. I agree. And I, agree. I, and I do think that he can drift out of games... Um, but boy, when he turns the afterburners on, I mean, that was right in front of us, that penalty decision. Lovely little touch by William to kind of set him up. And of course, he got sandwiched between the two big Palace defenders and cl- a clear penalty. But, you know, when he you doesn't do that clear. enough... It's oh, amazing it how many people have been going on that it wasn't a clear penalty, that he dived. And no, no, no. He I didn't, really don't think he it's dived. Because, it's because they didn't touch his feet. Yeah. That's what it was. Everybody looks at people's feet in the penalty. There were no way but they shoved him. Shoved him into the other player. It was as clear as day from yeah. where we were, because it was right in front of us. And no angle shows that angle of, you know, he goes through a space that they then close. And, uh, yeah, for me, it was a penalty all day long. You know, but I had loads of people getting in touch saying, oh, you've won the the title with a a dodgy penalty. Ridiculous. Did you hear? And I have to say, there's two things that really have annoyed me um, today. One is the Evening Standard telling everyone they have to vote Tory. (laughs) Um, and the other one was on the weekend listening to Alan Green on the radio. Oh, don't listen back. to Alan Green. Don't listen to it. No, but I couldn't help it. My radio was stuck on that station and I was driving. I couldn't do anything. 
He went on about, A, what a disgraceful thing it was with Hazard diving so clearly for the penalty. Oh, he's an idiot. And B, that Mourinho is a disgrace to managers. Let's talk about Jose Mourinho. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about Jose Mourinho. He uh, now has eight league titles in 12 years with four different teams in four different countries. He averages a trophy every 34 matches. Oh, I thought you were going to say 34 minutes. Every four, every 34 matches as a manager, he averages a trophy. He's now the first manager in English league history to return to a former champion club and win the title again. There's been 52 other title winning managers. None of them have ever done this before. Mourinho's only the fifth manager in 122 years of league football to win league titles 10 years apart. How can anybody criticise Jose Mourinho? Well, I He's think... won three league titles, one FA Cup, three league cups and a community shield with Chelsea. No, I mean, you can't doubt his ability in getting players to bend to his will. And his great quote, sorry to interrupt, his great quote as well. Did you hear his quote? Uh, he said, we did everything this team needs to do. That's why we're champions. That's why we deserve it. Everybody knows that. The people who say we don't deserve it are the ones in my country we have a saying for. The dogs bark and the caravans go by. No, I don't quite know what that means. <laughs> that, it's a bit of a seagull. It's a bit of a seagull follows the trawler moment. But <laughs> I matter, love it. I like it. But I love it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can't not love him. You can't not respect him. And you can't argue as Alan Green did, that he isn't by far and away, head and shoulders, the best manager in the Premier League, if not Europe, if not the world. Yeah, I, I, w- I would agree with that. I think he's proven it, you know, time and time again. I think what we're getting is these sour grapes from people who expect everyone to play the Barcelona way or the Ajax way or this way or that. The, the truth is, if everyone played like Barcelona... There would be no Barcelona. I like watching Barcelona play, I'm sure you do. Most right-thinking football fans, if I had to watch it every week, you know, in that standard of competition, I think I'd get a little bit bored. I think it's I'd take a, bit a crossword like eating with me. at Heston Blumenthal's the fat duck every day. Yeah. You just can't do it. I don't think so. And, uh, you know, and, and the thing is, you know, that's a, that's a team that's able to play that kind of football in, a, in, in what I consider to be not a fantastic league, below the top three or four. Um, and as I say, brilliant to watch. You know, they are a fantastic team, I'm not taking anything away from them. But if I had to watch that tippy-tappy football every week, I love a bit of defensive strategic masterclassing. I love that. I love the fact when we went to, to Leicester, you know, we, we, you know, we played a really solid, intelligent game of football. And we did against Palace. We started fast. Um, we took the game to them. We scored the goal. We sharp shot. It's all about winning. And I don't care what anybody says about pretty football and going to watch stuff. For me, it's about winning. It always has been. But this has been the classic, you know, you hear of the game of two halves. This has been the season of two halves. Absolutely. The first half, we played beautiful, brilliant, wonderful, incisive, attacking football. When that we had that game against Tottenham and we got battered on New Year's Day, Mourinho went, that is never going to happen in the league again. And he changed the mentality and went, we've got something to protect here. We've got the title in our hands if we want it. Because he knew that all the teams around us this year, much like last year, the one who gets out in front usually stays out in front because people are not very good at chasing at the moment. How many goals do you think Chelsea have conceded since the Capital One Cup final in the league? Uh, eight or something, isn't it? Five. Five. Five goals, and we've taken 23 points from a possible 27. I was thinking from, actually, from yeah, the I mean, Tottenham it's not, game. It wasn't a test. Eight, I mean, I it's, just, it's, just a, you know, it's just a, a, a point to make about the fact that, you know, you don't concede goals... 
you can't lose. You have to score goals to win. And we do. You know, we don't score that many. As we, you know, the great stat that uh, before the Leicester game, we hadn't scored, uh, we hadn't won by more than one goal since the Spurs game. You know, those stats are, are out there. But the fact is, you don't have to win by more than one goal. You don't have to. We, it's a professional game of football. It's about winning, ultimately. If you want to watch lovely, tippy tappy football, go and watch Arsenal come second. Yeah, but I mean, I also, you know, we can play tippy tappy football. We can play beautiful football. We've got the players in that team who can play any one of these ways. And you look at Hazard last year and that time that Mourinho came out with his little bit of an outburst saying he needs to do more, he needs to do this, he needs to do that. Well, interestingly, you look at Eden Hazard this year. He's been fantastic at harrying, chasing people down, looking for the ball, blocking off space and then springing into action. He stopped that waiting with his hands on his hips yep. like he used to around the halfway line and then burst forward. He's a, he's a complete footballer. And, you know, who knows where a player like that could end up? I mean, and I don't mean in another side, but I mean as a footballer mm. because I don't want to see him go. He's, I think he's, he's the heir in waiting, isn't he, to the, to the Messi, Ronaldo, global superstar mantle. But that depends on how well we do as a team as to whether he gets to that level, if you yeah. know what I mean. Because and it he, also means adding more goals to his game yeah. because the one thing those two players have is phenomenal amount of goals. Yeah, but to be fair, everyone just goes, oh, you better have the ball and, and gives it to Messi or Ronaldo. They yeah, demand it. To a degree. No, but, you know, you know I mean, they, they do demand the ball in such a way that they're, they're always... Well, they're, they're teams that are built around those two players, aren't they? You know, they're very much, uh, you know, Madrid and, and Barcelona respectively built around Ronaldo yeah. and Messi. Let's talk about another um, player that's been an absolute phenomenon this season, which is Cesc Fabregas, uh, with his great song. Yes. Um, which you argue has been changed... It's well, been I, I thought it was first. Um, so we'll say the song. We so the song is Fabregas is magic. He wears, he wears a magic, magic hat. hat. He could have signed for Arsenal, but he said so no. That, that. Uh, he buzzed with the left yeah, foot, buzzed with his right. right. And when, when we, we win, win, and you the, think it's the Premier League, yeah, we'll, we'll sing, sing this song all night. night. But it, but it's changed to when we win the league again. We'll win. We'll win. Anyway, yeah. it's a small point. Yeah. But, uh, it is a small point. But he's but Cesc Fabregas has assisted more goals than any other player in the top five European leagues since the start of last season. 30 assists. I mean, that is quite astonishing. Well, I mean, what do you think about the impact that Fabregas has made on the team this season? Well, I think he's been the... the look, we've had beautiful attacking players up front, you know, who do things. You've got Hazard doing all his wondrous things and what have you. But what you've needed is a mechanical machine that also provides beauty and incisiveness for these players to work with. And he is the connector. He's the connector between Matic and, say, Costa, as it were, and, and his little team round that go off. So you like him playing deep? I, I change my mind all the time because, actually, you know, he's got an awful lot of yellow cards this year um, because he's doing something that he's not quite used to, getting the foot in. But... Wherever he plays, whether he plays alongside Matic or he plays up further, it's interesting because it, it, it changes the way we play. Yes, he ends up being like the um, uh, quarterback when he's playing alongside Matic. But um, when he goes up further into that top three behind the striker, it is quite incredible the way him and Hazard can flick the ball between them and work the ball around each other and, and keep moving it left, right, straight ahead. Um, I think he's proved himself to be that extra sort of dependable but creative midfielder that we just don't have. He took his mask off, didn't he, in the, in the second half? And we had a conversation about that and we thought it might be because he had gone from a deep-lying role to a more attacking role where he wasn't going to be so combative 
and so he could take his mask off. Yep. And, and, and that's what we thought. That's what we thought. But then I heard something that he took it off because it's really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're right, Kerry. Yeah, I think we are. He just I, doesn't know it. Let's talk about the, the, the almost forgotten man, which is Diego Costa. You know, and we have, you know, relied a lot on a 37-year-old striker who clearly has no pace anymore, who's got an absolutely vital goal at Leicester, who I thought did OK uh, at the weekend again and has really stepped into the breach and, you know, looks like he's going to finish his career at Chelsea on a high. There were moments this season, I think, where there were groans about, you know, whether, whether Drogba could actually do anything for Chelsea anymore. But he's come in and I think really done a specific job for us. Hasn't been amazing, hasn't been fantastic, has been half the player that he was in his previous uh, incarnation at Chelsea. Um, but Diego Costa, you know, 19 goals this season in the league, 20, they gave him the, the Capital One Cup goal in the end, so he's got 20 goals this season. Um, terrible stonewashed sports direct genes at the end when he came on the pitch. But, you know, we have done this last five or six games without him, which I think is quite astonishing. When well, you see the impact that he had on the team earlier in the season. Well, I think, you know, but that also ties in with the way we've played our football because he hasn't been dependable as a fitness kind of uh, model you know we haven't been able to pick him week in week out you know for a lot of this year you know he's fits and starts comes on doesn't look right then he goes off you know um and we've changed accordingly because we don't have you know we've got remy as our second striker well, who actually became supposed, our third striker supposedly yeah exactly but then you know i mean what's he scored five goals in four starts or something and yeah. he's always injured yeah. um you know so it's been very frustrating that we haven't had anyone who can really just step in there and will carry on banging in the goals didier's had to do a job because there's been no other option other than when you play without a striker and that sort of you know funnily enough oscar had one of his best games while he was playing up front mm. on his own but um at the same time i i think that it cannot be emphasized just how important costa's goals were to get us into this position to then go on and win these games one nil and not have to rely on him i think he set up this this whole end period by scoring so many goals early on yeah and i think that's what's what he's done God knows what it'd be like to get a full season out of him. I kind of worry anybody who has hamstrings like his, yeah. whether you're ever going to get that. I know. Well, you look at those players in the past that have had major hamstring problems, the Michael Owens of the world. They've never really been able to, you know, to kick on for a whole season, which means we must, you'd think, go and buy someone pretty decent in the transfer window. And when we're linked with, you know, Icardi, we're linked with, you know, a bunch of, of other strikers. But there's always the option, for example, of bringing Patrick Banford back, Championship Player of the Year. Um, still very young. I mean, the talk is that he'll go out again on loan in the Premiership this but time. You think that as well? I don't think you? that. I think that they'll give him another year in the Premiership on loan mm. at West Brom or a, you know, or a Hull if they stay up or somewhere like that where he's going to get a game. I mean, if it were me, I'd bring him in as a third striker this year. Yeah, I would personally. I think, you know, we've had. You see, this is this is another interesting point. Um, Chelsea talk a lot about the youth policy, look at the way our kids are going, you know, with all the various wins so far this year. These guys are going to be included. They're part of my squad. Back-to-back FA Youth trophies. Exactly, you know. Well, we're not far away from a handful of those players having to be proven to be of worth to the Chelsea first team. Yeah. Um, And I think maybe this year was one year too early for a few of them. But... I, I would I would seriously be a bit disappointed if three or four of those young players weren't in the squad next year and lining up every now and then uh, for Chelsea. And I think Bamford could have done a job for us 
possibly towards the end of this season. Oh, I you think he could know. as well. I you really know, because think. I, I, I think... I think Dominic Solanke probably a little bit yeah, too young. I agree. I mean, he scored his 37th and 38th goals of the season yesterday. Oh, we'll come on and talk about the, uh, the under-21s and the under-18s and the ladies and so on a little bit later. But, you know, I think probably a little bit too raw. I would have been a bit too much of a lion's den for him. But certainly Bamford, he's been well-blooded in the championship Well, I don't think anyone expected him to get as many games as he did. No. And to score so many goals and become the championship player of the year. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a very interesting situation what we do with him. And I, I would think Mourinho probably knows exactly what he wants to do now. Yeah. Hey, we're about to break a record, by the way. Chelsea have spent 250, uh, 254 days at the top this season. In eight days' time, they will break Man United's record, uh, which goes all the way back to 1993, um, and be the team who spent the most consecutive days at the top of the table, which is some achievement, I think. I think we were only second once in the second week to Tottenham on goal difference. You know, we've led from the front all the way through the season. I think that's a real achievement. Yeah, I do. I mean, it's a, it's a been an amazing season. In fact, it's been an odd season. because Very odd. Because I, I haven't quite worked out how amazing... Have you enjoyed it? I think so, yes. I think I have, because I think there's been things that are not quite right with that side. Um, and I think that takes your eye off at actually what's going on, the bigger picture, because we do get... I don't know what it is, whether it's because of all the years of misery still from the past that you can't just sit back and go, hey, we're winning and we're doing it really well. There is some sort of schadenfreude about the whole thing. There were some people around us on Saturday that just need to relax, don't they? They just need to relax. You're still getting worked up and you've won the title. I know, and it's just like people, people relax. You know, it's fine. In Jose, we trust. You know, we've been on such a fantastic run. We're not going to win convincingly. We're not set up to win convincingly, but we're set up to win. Stop having a pop at the players. Stop having a pop at Mourinho. Just sit back and enjoy the moment. You know, God forbid you're a QPR fan or a Sunderland fan or a Burnley fan. You know, you're supporting a team that's top of the table, that's been top for pretty much the whole season, you know, and is 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 winning things. You know, yeah. just chill out and relax. But the, the thing is, you know, <laughs> for some of those people, maybe it's hard because you see what we can do when we decide to do. When we decide to take a team apart, we're very, very good at doing that. Um, with Mourinho, I think the longer a season goes on, the longer he feels we've got something to lose. So he shores it up. When he's starting out, you know, the start of the season this year was absolutely amazing. We came out of the blocks, we battered everyone in sight. And then once everything is attainable and it's in a position he likes, he changes it. And I, I don't really have a problem with that because it's won us the title and it's the first one for five years. You know, you look at what's happened is immediately apparently there's talk going on about extending his contract. There's this, there's that. I want to stay here till the 12th of never. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's an achievement what's happened. And yeah, I think I have enjoyed it. Um, I think you can... What's interesting is I think... This isn't the end result of Mourinho's managing. The team will evolve next year. There is no doubt that the 11 players who, say, finished on Saturday or Sunday will not be the, the first 11 that play in the first game of next season. I would think there'll be changes. He'll get... He'll, he'll, what you have to do, the big sides always improve or they get a couple yeah, new players. Yeah, I think they will. And there's money to do that as well. It's interesting, people getting panicky and, 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 you know, and frustrated around this. How many shots on target do you think Palace had? Uh, one? One shot on target. Yeah. Eight attempts, one on target. We had 17 attempts, seven on target. It was comfortable. 
You know, there was a one shot from Punchin that whistled past the post. But, you know, I mean, I think Courtois had it covered. There was a couple of little flurries at the end from set pieces. You know, but we looked solid defensively. Let's talk about JT. Just quickly talk about JT before we move on about, because what a season that man's had. Great quote from him at the end. He said, we've worked so hard to get there. It was a little bit nervy, but we've done it. One person said, I couldn't play two times in a week. Who knows who he is? I've proved him wrong. I've been a ball boy here. I've been the mascot. I've painted the stadium. What a great quote. A little dig at Rafa Benitez there. And, you know, what an idiot he's turned out to be to say that he couldn't play twice in a week. You know, it's astonishing what he has done in terms of uh, playing redemption over the last year. But don't you think... Don't you think this is thanks to the man management and the genius oh, of Mourinho? Beyond. He's done something and said, you know what? You're not finished. You're really not. You can be the man here again. You know, because let's face it, it looked as though it was probably all over. And we thought, oh, he's brought in Zuma. He's doing this. He's doing that. JT will be easing out of the picture through the season. Well, God willing... He's going to have his first ever season where he plays every single Premiership game. And he's never done that. I mean, we haven't really talked about the Leicester game, you know, to be honest, because obviously, you know, winning the, winning the championship, you know, it's, it's, it's almost, I wouldn't, it's not an irrelevance, but, you know, the key thing was the game on Saturday. But what was interesting, I thought, about the Leicester game was the, the, the game of two halves that Drogba had. Now, Drogba had an absolutely pitiful first half. I thought he was awful. In fact, one of the worst I've ever seen him. And I just think that Mourinho at half time took him to one side and said, Thing is, Didier, if you're lucky, you've got maybe three games left in your entire top-flight career at Chelsea Football Club. Do you want those three games to be the games that define you? And if you do, do you want to be defined as a lacklustre, over-the-hill 37-year-old? Or do you want to go out there and really show people the quality, world-class player you are? And he came out in the second half, and he was a player transformed. Scored the goal, held the ball up, and looked absolutely brilliant. I think, and I don't know, because I wasn't there, but I think that's down to Mourinho. And that's what he gets out of players. He gets out of players a performance that befits their status and that's why I've got confidence about Quadrado because I think he's obviously seen something in Quadrado and I think throughout pre-season he'll be in his ear and he'll be working on him and he'll be given that confidence there's not many players that Mourinho brings in that don't end up being better players yeah no I, I would hope you're right you know I, I think he has a plan and let's face it we can all look at players and go we'll have him we'll have him we'll have him but there's all sorts of things that make a player work or not work. And you never know. It could be, you know, with some players that come along, it could be where they live or they miss their family, their friends. Well, we've you had know, a few, just... haven't we? I mean, we had that with, uh, I think, Varon when he first came home. Certainly uh, Crespo, you know, was apparently desperately homesick. I mean, a few players haven't worked out. Yeah. I mean, uh, let's not kid ourselves that, you know, it's all been plain sailing. But in recent times, every player that we've got just looks like a rock-solid professional, committed professional and uh, unable to work to the Mourinho plan. I think he picks players. And he, I think he said publicly, I pick the man, not the player. And, um, you know, he, he, there's certain players that you think... Well, so I've why, got a chance then. Why, uh, I'm a really decent man. Well, you, you're a decent man, but you crap. But it's, you know... Well, hold it's, on, you said he picks the man, not the player. <laughs> See, it just shows... You've got to be able to play nonsense. football, Kerry. Oi, <laughs> I tell you, these feet, they were insured for millions. Just uh, before we move on to some of the other uh, stuff that's happened with, with other uh, Chelsea teams over the weekend, should we just go through the, the championship stats? You know I love a stat. And let me, I'm, let I'm me, going to go to the loo now. Let and me I'm just, just going to let Andy do this. Let me just talk through the championship stats. Cup of tea time. 
83 points we've got at the moment. We've got 92 are possible. If we win our next games, we can get to 92 points. That's not going to break the record, obviously, because we got more than that in 2004, 2005. But 92 points would be a, a stunning achievement, I think. Uh, out of the 35 games, we've had 25 wins, 8 draws and 2 defeats. Um, in 2004 and 2005 and 2005, 2006, we managed 29 wins, so we can't surpass that. Um, 69 goals for 27 against, goal difference of plus 42. And as I've already mentioned, 253 days at the top of the table. So, you know, I mean, those are, by any standards, impressive stats for a championship season. Could you repeat those again, please? No, I'm exhausted. <laughs> Shall we talk about the um, Chelsea under-18s? Yeah, let's. OK, so uh, under-18s came from behind to win 2-1 away to Manchester United. Uh, this weekend, uh, Chelsea went behind early in the game but responded strongly in a second-half own goal, plus a stoppage time winner from Miro Muheim gave... Uh, Chelsea all three points and that means that Joe Edwards' side moved to win within, within two points of league leaders Man United with a game in hand and two games of the season remaining and interestingly Chelsea under 21s uh, got an impressive 3-1 away win against Fulham yesterday uh, which keeps their title hopes alive it leaves them third in the table three points behind Manchester United again with a game in hand and four games left to play that was uh, as I mentioned earlier Dominic Solanke's 37th and 38th goals of the season uh, and a phenomenal Charlie Masonda free kick in the second half which sealed the win and uh, Mr Abramovich was there as well oh was he? he? I didn't yeah. know that yeah okay. he was watching which you know I, that's, a, that's something else. we'll come back to that but it was just a point that I thought was really interesting uh, listening to the radio again coming back they started going on about how um, Abramovich was looking a bit bored and a bit miserable and didn't look very interested when we won. I've seen the well, photos. Uh, so have I. And I think, you know, there, there's a real hatchet job at times with, with the way we're perceived. Uh, and I think, you know, Abramovich deserves a whole heap of credit because he has turned... for OK, he came in, he spent money, he bought a team, but then we have worked hard at dealing with financial fair play, dealing with it as a business, and he's turned us into a proper football club. Here's an interesting stat for you. Just to, on, on that level, Chelsea are the first Premier League champions in eight, year, eight years to win the league with a profit in the transfer market. There you go. Says it all, doesn't it, really? What's interesting, I think, about Abramovich is his son. His son just seems to be the biggest Chelsea fan in the world. You know, you know, we saw him at the Champions League final. You saw him on, on Sunday. You know, his son just looks like he is going to be, you know, when Abramovich does get bored, the guy to step into the I don't think he will bridge. get bored. I think, you know, he may hand it over. Well, he might do when he's 80 or 90. You know, we've got a few don't years to go yet. bored here football? Not your own team. Um, Chelsea ladies, uh, obviously we're big, all big fans of Chelsea ladies team here and big supporters. Uh, they beat Manchester City 1-0 in the semi-finals of the Women's FA Cup yesterday afternoon. 84th minute goal from uh, Jison Yun to book their place at Wembley. They'll play Notts County, who beat Everton in the other semi-final on Saturday. Um, tickets now available from the FA official website. So get along and support the ladies. They're having a great season. I'm beaten uh, at the moment. And, uh, you know, all power to them. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be nice to try and get uh, one of them in before the end of the season. Yeah, we'll try and get Anya Luko in because, you know, we know she's, uh, we've said before, she's a a huge uh, Chelsea fan. Obviously, uh, brother Sonny Aluko plays for Hull. Got a bit of a battering uh, yesterday against Arsenal. But, uh, hey, Arsenal fans, it's the hope that kills you. (laughs) Um, We should say as well, get well soon, Jimmy Greaves. Yep. Jimmy Greaves, who suffered, uh, very sadly, a, a severe stroke. Uh, over the weekend 124 goals and 157 appearances between 1957 and 1961 for Chelsea Football Club uh, we're thinking of you Jimmy get well soon uh, and then we got a game 
Have we? <laughs> the game's not what? over. What the season? The season's still not over. On? Uh, Sunday, four o'clock. We're playing Liverpool. Oh, and so it's the, not the, a real game then. Well, the greatest thing about it is, of course, they have to give us a guard of honour. Oh, that'll make them so unhappy. Stevie G's got to give us a guard of honour. Hey, hey! Oh, you didn't win this, did you? Some interesting uh, uh, facts and figures about Liverpool. Mourinho's played Liverpool ten times in the league, only lost once. Yeah, but we know M- Mourinho has something about. Oh, I suppose we could say this: uh, something against the big sides. I suppose technically they sort of count, don't they? Mm. Um, but he does. He he, for him, he he doesn't mind them almost being like dead rubbers at times because I think he believes that we're so consistent, we'll get more points against the other teams than any of the other top five teams. Mm. And I think he goes out. <clears throat> to perhaps even nullify some of these games. And we want to win that game, don't we? we I mean, you know, there's none of this, uh, let's just... Well, you won't be happy with the 1-0? Well, I want to win it. I mean, I don't care whether it's 1-0, but I don't like losing to Liverpool. They um, they beat QPR 2-1 at the weekend. They're currently fifth, 61 points, four points behind United, 22 points behind us. Very unlikely to make the Champions League with three games left. I mean, they've had a, uh, a an inconsistent season at best. I mean, it would yeah. be a shame not to go out and, you know, deal out a spanking to them, wouldn't it? Yeah, and, you know, Liverpool, people forget that they had, in Luis Suarez and Daniel Sturridge, a, a partnership last year that was fit and could score goals, yeah, you know. Now, Sturridge has gone back to the reason why we sold him probably was because he's injury-prone, but he yeah. kept fit for one year, mm. and that's it. You and know. Suarez is, you know, going gangbusters at Barcelona. Exactly. So I'm not surprised they haven't done it because you can't just go in and buy someone like Ricky Lambert... And not play him. Yeah, and then <laughs> expect him to be as good as them. Although there's a rumour today that we're in for Ricky Lambert. Oh, really? Oh, God. Yeah, so <laughs> Mind you, it's silly season, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it is. I mean, Liverpool's away form isn't great. They've lost seven, drawn two away games out of their 17. They've conceded more goals than they've scored away from home. Their goal difference away from home is minus one. So, you know, really, um, on paper, you know, I mean, unless he decides to really shift the team out and put a load of kids in, I mean, there's no reason, given the fact that, you know, our record... Uh, at Stamford Bridge under Mourinho as he's only lost one game of the 95 that he's managed. I mean, really, you know, on, on paper, this should be this should be a, a, a bit of a banker, shouldn't it? Well, no, nothing's ever certain in football. You don't know how we'll react to already being winners. I'm sure Mourinho will send them out and say, look, just go out and prove it. You know, he came out with all that uh, stuff after the game at the weekend where he said, we owe it to the Premiership not to just play reserves and to actually play properly. So I I would think it will be the same old team. I don't think we'll see a whole group of youngsters play in these last few games. I don't know how you feel about that. I think he will. I think he'll bring a few in. I think people like Luis will get a game. Yeah, that's different. You know, the the squad players will get a game. I think he might give uh, Loftus-Cheek a a game or two. I don't think he'll bring a Solanke through or anything. You know, I don't think there'll be any great revolutionary changes, but people like Mikel will play, Luis will play. You know, hopefully Remy will be fit. He was on the bench, wasn't he, on Saturday? I think he'll come in and play but uh, two games left after that West Brom and Sunderland um, what's your prediction for Liverpool? Uh, 6-1 right okay mental then yeah okay. again um, no I'm, I'm afraid you know the way everything is um, I would say one. no I can't do 1-0 it's not in my nature uh, 3-1 Okay, I think 2-0. I think we'll play with a handbrake off. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're okay, aren't they? They gave us a pretty good game in yeah. the, in the, uh, Carling Cup semi-final, was it, that they, they played us in that, you yeah. know, that was a bit of a, uh, an extra time thriller. Um, I, I think, I think 2-0 and we'll play with a little bit more freedom than we have done now that we've won the league. Yeah. So that's it. We're, we're champions. Well, that's it. I mean, all I can say is it's not the end of the season. 
We've still got some more games, some more points, some more goals to score. A trophy presentation. A trophy presentation. An open-top bus parade. Open-top bus parade. And then uh, a, a, summer, and a, and a summer to look forward to some, hopefully, some interesting new signings. Yeah, I reckon. So, yes. So, everyone, this is it. This is the end of the first Chelsea Champions podcast. It's been a pleasure, Kel. It's been marvellous. Come on, the Blues. We don't need anyone else. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.